0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Navigating History Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew, as always. Uh, this is Season 1, Episode 6, on our season on Alexander the Great, uh, the Battle of the Jaxartes River. And before we get into it today, I just want to apologize. Uh, I uh, didn't get a podcast out to you last week, uh, I just had a lot of personal stuff going on, but I want you to know um, there will be a regular scheduled podcast every Sunday from now on. We're back to our regular scheduled programming, so you have, guys have that to look forward to. Uh, I know some of you were asking about it, so I just wanted to clear the air at the start of this podcast and just let you know everything will be back to normal starting this week and for the foreseeable future as well and in future if there is an issue i will post on the instagram uh and either on tiktok as well just to let you guys know hey there's no podcast this week uh that's something i should have really thought about and say hey posted no podcast this week but um there there will be new podcasts uploaded from this week onwards uh so just want to thank you for your patience and apologize again for not getting a podcast out to you but let's just jump right into this week. Um as we're talking about last week or uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago now I should say, with the um, the battle of the Persian gate. Alexander is now staring down the Persian capital of Persepolis, right? He uh, and and you no, know, he's his main goal now because now he's in control of the capital. Um once, once he marched to the capital and took t- took control of it. Darius had fled from the capital, so his main goal was to capture Darius and and make sure that he was make sure that he was he was like uh, under control. Because again, it could have been a it could have been a major major problem if even though Alexander was the dominant power in the in 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 the Achmed Empire now and had control over almost all of the entire Persian Empire, he um he really could have. Uh, Darius if he'd still been alive and especially if he'd still been sort of a free man shall we say uh, could have definitely caused Alexander problems so Alexander's number one goal was to capture Darius Um, in fact rather than sort of set up his capital and deal with the administrative side of his empire he focused solely on excuse me focused solely on capturing Darius because he knew that even if if he left Darius alone even for you know, a month or two to sort of sort his affair, get his affairs in order, it, it could be really bad because Darius did have a, a large force uh, with him, but he realized that a siege would be catastrophic for him because Alexander had uh, around 50,000 men at this point and they were able to, they would have been easily able to surround the city of uh, Persepolis and cut off any supply lines and eventually just would have waited him out. For example, if if Darius had stayed in in the capital, they it, it would have just waited him out and sort of just said, "All right, I'm going to wait you out, and then we're going to win." Uh, Alexander, uh, as you uh, if you if you've watched um, any of the other videos or listened to any of the other episodes on Spotify or any other platform, uh, you know that he has this sort of this reputation for, I'm willing to be brutal when I have to be, uh, but I also am willing to be merciful uh, at some points as well. And this was a really tough decision for Darius because he knew that, um, you know, Persepolis was like a symbol for the Persian for for, for the for the people of the Achaemenid Empire. It was a symbol to them, right? It was their capital, uh, and th- this is what this this entire campaign is really about: is the symbolism, right? You really have this, the, as we've talked about before in previous episodes. Um, you know this this idea that. The Persians had never lost a battle in their history. They've never lost a battle when their king was present. They'd never lost a battle when their king was present on the battlefield. That is huge. And now having lost two within five years at uh, the Battle of Isis and now the Battle of Guagamela, that is a, re- like, that really shook their confidence. Uh, that is something that ext- was extremely damaging for this, this this like, almost this mythical image of the Persians. Um it's one of the reasons why, um, you know the, you know if you if you walk down the street right if you if you walk down the street and you asked a whole bunch of people who Alexander the Great is or if they knew that if they've heard, known the name Alexander the Great or if they heard the name before they will have said yes even in 2021. It's one of the reasons that I can still cover this on a podcast and people will be hopefully engaged by it at least. Uh, and you know you, you see Alexander is a figure studied throughout history still today uh, because of this. Mythology that surrounded him, partially because of his campaign against the Persians. Right, this this sort of unstoppable force. That's, that's sort of what he was, you know, building up to at this point. He 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 hadn't ever lost, and you know, at at, at one point before this before this campaign sort of kicked off, the, the the Persian king Darius had this reputation himself. He had this reputation as an unstoppable military force who would never lose. Um, and a lot of, a lot of Persian kings before him had this, uh, Xerxes as well, uh, had this in about a hundred years ago. Um, he had this and a lot of, again, it was a big deal for the Persians is, is this like, Hey, we've never lost a battle when our King is present. And now we've lost two. This really shattered their image and their confidence, right? A lot of battles are about, uh, confidence, right? If you, you know, if you're confident that you're, t- you're, 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 uh, soldiers will win then if they're fighting with confidence and they're fighting with good morale then they're more likely to fight harder and and compete uh, at a, on a higher level and and honestly they're more likely to to win because the, the if you can weaken your enemy's confidence then you're more likely to win as well and this is sort of what was happening in the Persian Emperor Alexander wasn't just a dominant military commander and he didn't just win because of his prowess as a commander although he was um an extremely talented military commander. Part of it was genuinely because the Persian confidence was shot. Uh, you know, again, their confidence was really, really tied into this idea of ha- them having this this unstoppable king. That they sort of like it's sort of like having a genuinely having like a, like this this era or aura of invincibility, and then having it taken away from you, and it being put on Alexander. And Alexander's men sort of had this uh this inane innate trust in him that he would he would always win right and they fought like he, they knew they were going to win because they had him and he was in charge and they knew they were going to win because of it and this is what was such a big deal um for for Darius and why the, the while yes fleeing the city of Persepolis was a good idea and and sort of fleeing rather than being besieged and being and being captured Uh, initially was it was a good idea why it was such a devastating blow to lose their capital because it was another symbol of their of their power and another symbol of their their empire that had now just fallen um so let you know alexander is, is realizes okay i need to capture this man because while yes their confidence is low if he's able to build up an army and he does have a pretty significant force with him at this point when he does leave the capital um then they could cause me serious problems so alexander decides okay i'm going to he decides i'm going to you know flee or i'm going to you know pursue uh, darius and actually try and do something about this rather than doing the uh what i think is the the sort of smarter thing with with the benefit of hindsight and sort of managing the day-to-day affairs of his empire, and th- th- this is one of the things uh, that I'll get into in a later podcast, but that's one of the reasons that Alexander's empire didn't last beyond him, and that it, it fractured uh, when he left, or when he when he passed away, because it, uh, because he genuinely didn't, like, while he did pay, like, the, uh, pay important attention to the uh, side of, you know, the, the logistical side of running an army, he didn't really pay attention to the logistical side of ruling an empire. Not capturing or conquering one, but ruling one. So he knew what the logistics, in terms of uh, running an army and maintaining an army and feeding an army and doing all of the sort of the logistical side of that was and he paid, one of the reasons he he was such a successful military commander was because he was able to pay attention to those things but genuinely he he didn't he didn't set up a, a succession plan, right? I mean uh, and that was one of the reasons his empire eventually did fall apart. Um, but for now, uh, we're focused on him capturing Darius. So I think, with the benefit of hindsight, it would have been better if he'd sort of stayed around to stabilize the empire a little bit, sort of rested on his laurels a little bit. But again, I see why he he did go after um, Darius. And then he pursued Darius all over the uh, eastern part of the Achaemenid Empire and into the province of, of Bactria, um, where... For, where Darius was betrayed by uh, the the Persian satrap Bessus. Uh Bessus uh, um you know Bessus was a, sort of made had, was put in a tough position here. And like I was just mentioning that that confidence that the Persians um, that the Persian, Persians had in their king was now destroyed. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them were losing confidence in not just this idea of our king is invincible, we're going to win, but also Darius's ability as a military commander. Um, so, and and Bessus was thinking, okay, uh, what am I going to do? Because Alexander has this reputation of both brutality and and being merciful, right? He has this, he can be extremely um brutal and ruthless and merciless when he and he has to be but he can also be relatively merciful as we talked about in several episodes of in this season he has actually let commanders that he fought against on the battlefield people who have actively tried to kill him remain in power under him once they've sworn their allegiance so if i you know if if we you know he, so he is merciful to some extent he's not just killing Um, anyone for no reason and I do talk about the fact he didn't have a succession plan but he did sort of understand that you know he was ruling over a conquered people and that he would need people in charge of the in charge of the area who knew what they were doing and knew the area well Uh, and that's part of the reason why he was able he kept a lot of them alive Uh, a lot of the, the Persian satraps alive if they surrendered to him or even if they had previously fought him on the battlefield um Messias is the, is the one that comes to mind for this as well um, uh, but uh, Bassus is Zous so is you know has this decision to make okay, what do I do here? what do I do with this um, well you know what do I do here because the on one hand I have my king, the king I'm supposed to be uh, swearing allegiance to come to me and say, hey, I'm gonna fight back and we're gonna win and we're gonna take the empire but I and on the other hand, which is great, and if we win, then awesome, we win. But if we lose, then what do we do? Uh, and we know that Alexander will will kill us and put our and put our put my people to the sword. And he will actively harm not just the, the the like the satraps and like the the governors and the people in charge, but he will genuinely put populations to the sword, and he will have no qualms about doing that. So Bessus thinks does what he thinks is is best for his people, and he captures Darius and betrays him. Uh, and then he tries to negotiate with Alexander and he sends him, he sends him, um, some letters and, and, and uh, and envoys and says, Hey, I've captured Darius for you. Come find him and, or come take him and sort of leave me alone. And you have Darius, which I know you want, and you can do whatever you want with him. And you can just leave my province of Bactria alone and we'll be like our own separate kingdom. And Alexander, as is his custom, does not respond. He does not do anything. He doesn't even acknowledge that um, Bessus has sent these uh, sent sent word of this to him. And but now he knows obviously where Darius is, and he doesn't respond. But he continues to march on uh, on Bactria and march into Bactria and on uh, Bessus's capital. Uh, and eventually, Bessus sort of realizes that he's he's made a grave sort of mistake here, and he's gone. Oh shit like, what, what am I going to do? I've, I've made a terrible, ter- he's made a, a, a bad judgment call, right? Because uh, what he could have done was, hey, I've captured the Persian king, and also I'm surrendering to you and remain in in the governorship of um, uh, governorship of, of the province of Bactria. But he, he declared himself the king of Bactria, as in that Bactria was a different kingdom uh, than the rest of the Archimed Empire and, um, Alexander wanted the whole empire under his control. He didn't want to have a powerful, especially a powerful Persian, uh, lord, uh, sort of like right next to him there who could sort of cause him serious problems in the future, right? He didn't want to have this, um, a serious problem, uh, here, like where he didn't want to have any sort of future conflicts on his hands. He, he was intending to, to rule, um, to rule over the empire eventually, uh, once it was fully conquered, and he knew that if he if he left Bactria alone, um, eventually there could be some uh, consequences about, uh, regarding this, and he could there could be some sort of revolt uh, if he were to if he were to leave uh, Bactria alone. Um, so again, Alexander, um, Alexander shows this reputation for both possible mercifulness and then. Um, and and also has this this i uh, this sort of um lack of mercy if you will he he definitely does have a a brutal side to him as well uh and event and does not respond and eventually Bessis is sort of like okay what am i going to do and eventually he he actually ends up stabbing Darius and just leaving him for dead which is Genuinely one of the most disrespectful things that he can do. In fact, Alexander himself, uh, finds this disrespectful. And when he finds, um, Darius's body, he sends him back to Persepolis to be buried with honor and with dignity, um, as as the Persian kings be, that came before him were buried, uh, he, he genuinely treats Darius, he treats Darius with respect, and that that's the thing, is Alexander always respected Darius, he always respected his opponents, and if you were a worthy opponent for him, then yeah, he respected you, he, he didn't have a, any qualms about killing you, but he would have, there was an honor, there was a respect, there was a mutual, all right, we're going to treat each other with respect here, we're going to Right, that he that that Bessus sort of just undermines, and this is a huge, like a a really, really, really bad um, move for Bessus. The not just necessarily the betrayal of his king, but the way he the way he just leaves uh, Darius for for dead, uh, genuinely. Uh, causes serious issues because eventually he flees Bactria and the rest of the province sort of surrenders to Alexander because, of course, why wouldn't they? Um, and Alexander pursues him, but he also says to the Persians, hey, this guy killed your king, right? This guy killed your king without honor, right? The Persians, even the Persians that were, that were already serving under him, who understood that Alexander was probably going to kill Darius at some point, um, Alexander always said, like, I will, like, it's going to be honorable, right? This will be an honorable death, right? It will be either honor, honor, death in combat, or it'll be, like, he will be treated with honor and his, and his, uh, in his death. And and he wasn't. And in fact, Darius's brother, uh, sides with Alexander and, you know, Alexander says, we're going to go after Bessus and we're going to fight and we're going to subdue the rest of the provinces, but also we're going to bring revenge, um upon the guy who killed your king in such a disrespectful manner and a lot of the persians are very very um both surprised by this and then also happy about this uh because they they so they decide to follow alexander a lot of the macedonians are very much like oh what are we going to do because you know there's a sort of tentative about fighting alongside a force of persians uh of course, have recently conquered Persians, uh but the Persians are now fully behind Alexander because they know that he treated he would have treated Darius with respect and he always did. Um and he treated and that's the other thing is Alexander put a lot of people to the sword and he does have does have this brutal reputation, but he always he was respectful of the people that he was ruling over. He never disrespected their customs or um you know, while he did think of himself as be above them, he sort of always had this, like, respect for other people's customs, and he allowed them to keep their, many of their customs while he conquered them, he, which is, again, another reason why the Persians fought alongside him here, um, and eventually so, eventually um Alexander follows, um follows Bessus to the north uh, and pursues him um, and eventually Bessus is is captured and, and and killed and his remains are sent back um to uh, Deris's brother who takes him back to uh Bactria and where Deris to the site of where Darius is murdered um in fact Alexander and this is the brutal reputation we're talking about he actually ends up cutting off uh, Bessus's ears and his nose before returning to um uh, returning him to um Darius's brother, and again, this is, this is the symbolism, uh, here, right, where he, where he genuinely has this, um, like, again, it's, it's, that has religious symbolism in the afterlife, you, you know, that has, that has religious symbolism for, for the, uh, for both the Greeks and the Persians, um, and then, uh, uh Bess is eventually crucified by uh, Darius's brother. Uh, Alexander continues his march north, um, subduing the, the final provinces of the, of the, uh, Persian Empire, uh, and then eventually runs across uh, this nomadic tribe called the Saka, right? And the the Saka um, realize that if they defeat the Macedonians, um, the Persian the Persian ki- <clears throat> excuse me the Persian kingdom is now weakened, and uh, if they defeat the Macedonians, they will be able to um, they will be able to. Raid the province basically um, in perpetuity and without repercussion pretty much they will be able to to raid this province and become well wealth, a wealthy tribe they are they're a nomadic tribe uh, that lives just that sort of occupied a land uh, just uh, north of the uh, most northern province of the um, Persian Empire and so they set up across. um a, they set up across uh on the northern bank of the uh, Jaxartes River, stopping Alexander's advance. And Alexander um, realizes that they could be a major threat for him uh, and his empire as well. Uh, they could, you know, co- constantly sort of be a threat if he doesn't deal with them right away. Um, so Alexander wants to make sure that they are dealt with. And he really, um, and he really wanted to sort of sort of get rid of any sort of threat to his empire and to his rule, uh which is why it was a it was so Im- imperative initially that he, he captured Darius and he deal with Darius in that way um because genuinely it it mattered it mattered to him it mattered to it mattered to to the rest of the Macedonians like they again he understood that he was ruling over conquered territory and that he was ruling over hostile land. these people were not yet. Like while they had sworn fealty to him, they were not yet fully loyal to him, um, and in fact, they, uh, the uh, the Saka could help the the, uh, so the captured Persians turn on the Macedonians if if they were so politically inclined, uh, and so he realized that there was a major threat here, um, and there were about fifteen thousand uh, Saka on the other side of this river, um, so Alexander um, actually ended up building a city um, called, um, called, Alexa- uh, I, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's Alexandria, Echete, uh, which basically translates to English as the furthest Alexandria. Well, uh, basically meaning that, okay, this is the furthest part of our empire here. Um, it's like the furthest part uh, furthest away from the empire that like this, this, like the last city in the empire, uh, pretty much. And he, um, and he realizes that like this is a major this could be you know you know so while they're while they're building the the city right because Alexander is worried about the Saka the Saka are bombarding the city with uh arch- with um with arrows from from their their mounted archers across the river and it's sort of having a minor effect but not really um and in fact Alexander builds the city walls in about 17 days uh so they were high enough that they couldn't be uh hit with uh arrow fire anymore and then he orders them to cross the river um uh, he orders his his soldiers to cross the river and he does so um and he does so in such a sort of sort of not necessarily an, like he, he, again this is this is this is where the saka got it wrong while their strategy was a good one right we're going to hey we're going to bombard the the macedonians as they cross and we're going to hit them while they're in transit okay good idea initially right good idea uh, you know they they're not going they're going to be on the the water they're going to have they're going to be it's going to be hard for them to fire back at us so we're going to fight we're going to try and take out as many of the numbers we can and alexander realizes this and be, like like i said he's one of the most um sound uh, you know military tacticians of pretty much all time uh you know especially throughout ancient history uh and he realizes hey i have artillery i have catapults uh and they can actually do serious damage across the river because of the range that they had Um, and they can do serious damage across the river here so he sets up all of his archers in a line and all of his soldiers, uh, he orders everyone to cross at once so that um, the like it was a harder uh, there were more of his soldiers for the uh, Sokka to aim at so they didn't know who to take out necessarily uh, and so that his archers could sort of fire back because they were protected a little bit. And he also ordered his cavalry to begin firing and sort of send in advance volleys. Um, if any of you have ever studied uh, World War I, um and World War II, this is sort of what tactic that they would use is they'd have their artillery uh, firing as the army advanced, sort of giving the army cover fire uh, to cover their advance. And that's what Alexander... This is the first I, uh, sort of use of this ta- this tactic... Um, and Alexander sort of invents this tactic here, or first recorded use of this tactic, I should say. Um, and this Alexander invents this tactic here for this battle. He very much says, okay, what are my advantages here, right? Cause he's in sort of a disadvantaged position. He's lost about half his force, either, either, uh, subduing, uh, satraps and guarding them or with, um, or subduing other provinces and guarding other provinces, um, or just because of the the death of traveling through the desert and the lack of resources that he he had at this point, and not again not through uh, a lack of logistical know how, but just genuinely because it was a tough it's tough weather and they just lost. They ended up losing a lot of their force because of that. So he has about twenty five thousand men uh, of the original initial fifty thousand that he had, and the Saka have fifteen thousand, but they're all mounted archers, so they're an extremely mobile force. And they're an extremely, uh, they, they, they can fight with range, uh, which is something that uh, Alexander doesn't necessarily have. Um, which, or sorry, not Alexander doesn't necessarily have, but something that he doesn't always face, right? Sometimes you're facing an infantry force or a cavalry force, which are mobile, but necessarily don't necessarily have the range. But horse archers uh, have the range uh, that, uh, that they can do damage uh, across the water, um, for sure. So again, Alexander launches this cavalry, uh, sorry, the, the, the artillery attack and catapults. Um, and this absolutely decimates the Sokka's ranks. Uh, it decimates their ranks. So, so, uh, it's so devastating to them that they are actually forced to flee from the banks, uh, in order to, um, in order to sort of Sort of survive, and their one. Some of their their tribal leaders are actually genuinely mortally wounded because of this, uh, and this allows the Macedonians to cross and uh, land on on the other side, on the northern side of the Jaxartes River, with without any um, without any resistance really. Um, and it's like a, again, it's a masterstroke from Alexander here, just absolutely like a masterstroke. And the next thing that he does is he realizes that he needs to in order to defeat them. He needs to um, pin them down, right? So he sends forward an advanced force of cavalry, uh, of light cavalry, and basically says, hey, you guys are going to act as bait. He tells them, he specifically says, you guys are going to be as bait, you're going to draw them in, they're going to encircle you, and then we're going to encircle the rest of them and kill them. Um, And again, like I said earlier, talking about this, this um, this mythical sort of image that um, both Darius and Alexander had at one point in their military careers, Alexander's men trust him so, so much and so implicitly that they just do it. You know, they know that they, they're in m- huge danger because they know that they're going to be surrounded by people who can attack them from any angle and any, and with, and with, with range, but they, he, tr- they trust Alexander's, um, tact tactics so much that they're willing to do it and this is again like I was talking about with Bessus and Darius Bessus doesn't have this loyalty not necessarily even loyalty he just doesn't have the confidence that um Darius could have pulled off anything like this uh and this is what we're talking about in terms of confidence and morale in battle When if you think you if you know your commander is going to save you and going to pull pull you out of this you're a lot more willing to pull off dangerous and risky maneuvers like this like I said this could have really backfired um this could really have backfired for Alexander but it ended up not backfiring It ended up working perfectly and uh a lot of the um the 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 saka push forward and do surround this force and then alexander is able to outflank them and surround them and pin a significant number of them uh down and 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 kill them uh he's able to he's able to pin over you know he's able to he's able to pin over two thousand um uh, sort of or not two thousand but he's able to pin a, a significant number in fact he, and they ended up um, so what, what happened was that obviously the have surrounded this, this batch of cavalry, this small force of cavalry and Alexander's main force is sort of held back. And then he sends, um, his, his light, the rest of his light cavalry on the wings and he, they sort of wrap around the Saka who have now formed a circle around his cavalry. Uh, so the, this, Cavalry A I should call them. So Cavalry A are uh, encircled and cal- he sends cal- his Cavalry B to encircle the, the, the Saka that have, Um, that are that are forming this tight circle around his cavalry um and they sort of do and the saka initially don't realize what's happening because of where they are and what they're focused on um and luckily they didn't send all of their force but their leader the the leader of this sort of organization of of of, uh, nomadic tribes here did go um did go and was there and was eventually um captured by Alexander, uh, and, and killed. And this is why this was so, so critical for, for Alexander and his men was because he, um, he was able to pin down a nomadic army and and an army of horse archers. Uh, and he was able, and in fact, Alexander, once they were sort of sucked into this, this trap, Alexander charged through the center with his own companion his heavy cavalry heavily armored like I said with with shields and spears and like uh, they, they were uh, as I've said in previous episodes they were like some of the greatest cavalry that existed at during this time period except for possibly either the Persians or the Nubian cavalry um who we, if if uh, people want we can cover it uh, at some point uh, uh, in an episode of this uh, podcast as well um so they it was a it was a massive um this was a massive victory for Alexander because he was able to basically wipe out the entire leadership of these tribes uh and and sort of solidify um sort of peace for his empire at this point uh he was able they were actually able to kill over twelve hundred uh sokka were just absolutely butchered at this battle and i again when when I talk about uh this I feel like I have to mention this when we talk about history and we talk about the lives lost you know um I have a passion for history. I have passion for knowledge and for history and for, like, studying history and report, and now with the podcast, reporting back what has happened um, in history. But history is brutal and sad and, like, 1,200 people just lost their lives. And we, you know, we have to really acknowledge that. But this was a great... When I say this was, like, excellent, this was a great military uh strategy and great military victory for Alexander it wasn't excellent that these people had lost their lives uh, by any stretch of the imagination uh, and as a, as a historian we, we uh, you know our job is to report the facts not to um, sort of regardless of how brutal they they, they might be um, but I just wanted to clarify that sometimes I talk about this with such passion uh, and I, I say things that may come across as I don't understand, like you know what I mean. It, 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 when we're studying history, it can just be just numbers. You know, twelve hundred people were killed, and another hundred and fifty were taken prisoner, at, and that's just at uh, the Battle of the Jexartes River here. Um, but again, I'm just reporting the, the facts. I'm not saying that it, there are no good guys in history. There are no good uh, good guys in history because when you're studying history like this, you know you're not. At least I hope uh, people aren't necessarily when, you're, especially ancient history, you're not. Um, we're so far removed from it that we're we're not necessarily we sometimes don't realize that these were genuinely real people that had lives and goals and aspirations and uh, and whatnot. Um, but genuinely, um, so I just want to make it clear that I'm just reporting on what has happened because I have a passion for history and I find it fascinating. Almost the uh, history, not just uh, and military history, I find fascinating. And you know, this is one of those. This is one of those. Um, battles in history that just ends in such a brutal fashion where these, these people are just surrounded and just executed with no mercy. And like I was talking about Alexander's uh, reputation for both being merciful and not, um, this is a time where he was trying to send a message to the to the remaining um, members of the, the Sokka tribe and say, look, don't challenge here. Go away. Go somewhere else. Um, this is him sending an absolute message and making sure that he uh making sure that his borders were secure. Uh that's what he was it was doing here. It wasn't necessarily just and for Alexander it wasn't about oh I'm going to kill all these people it's going to be awesome. It's I'm sending a message so that my people are safe and my empire and my power and my prestige are protected here. Um anytime he he acts brutally it, it's not to it's not at least uh from what I've read in my my studies, although I'm not fully read on all of history and all of Alexander for sure, not yet. Anyway, uh, I, we'll get to that later in the <laughs> later in the season. But um, genuinely, he he sort of um, it's all about sort of this image of protecting this image of a powerful, strong leader, um, and that's why this, the the Battle of juxartes River was so so critical here for him because he was able, everything that has happened both leading up to it with uh, the capture and, and then killing uh, of Darius and then Bessus as well. And then the subduing of the provinces who would then at this point surrender to him because he's a stabilizing influence, not just necessarily a conquering one, but he's stable and he knows, and the people are like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have a King. We don't have like, we don't have anything. Um, right, because once Bessus has been killed, the sort of entire region of the Empire is thrown into um, thrown into chaos, and Alexander is this stabilizing force who says, all right, I'm going to come in, I'm going to control everything, but you guys are going to run it, and you're going to run it under me, and it's going to, like, just, you know what I mean? There's, he takes over this power vacuum that Bessus creates by killing uh, Darius, and Alexander at the Battle of Jaxartes River his goal is to stabilize his empire and part of doing that is by stabilizing its border and making sure that it can't be raided by these by the Saka tribes um and that's why that's why this battle is so fascinating and such a huge victory because this is the first time um excuse me this is the first time in um over 11 years uh, and that it doesn't happen very often even uh in combat that a greek force um macedonian or otherwise had had subdued a nomadic uh mobile army such as this before uh in fact the last time this had happened was in um 3 um 3, 340 BC uh with uh philip ii of macedon alexander's father um so that's why this was such a big deal was again it it it, it helped perpetuate this image of Alexander as this um as this military commander right as this invincible force especially because his men um who who he had sent forward to sort of entrap the to entrap the Saka uh he just like they, they were able to most of them anyway were able to survive which which meant that Alexander was right to do it and they sort of again their morale got boosted every single Staged along, stage along the way, the their morale was increased, and they were becoming more and more loyal because they had this confidence that that Alexander would be there, and he would save them, and that he would, you know, be there. He would make sure that they got out alive, pretty much in every battle, and that they would win. Uh, and again, this this is part of part of um, why Alexander was such a feared and amazing military commander was because of this confidence that his men had in him and that he had in himself and that's the thing alexander had more confidence in himself than anyone else had in him he knew that he was going to do it and that like he was going to be successful and that he was going to be um that he was going to win and he he believed in himself which allowed him to his men to believe in him um it's one of those things where like if you believe in yourself then other people will believe in you too um and he certainly, definitely believed in himself and his own ability, and his, and the ability of his men for sure. Um, again, and it, that's what that's what the, this campaign is really about is the belief. Um, and you can see it turns uh, on on the belief, right? The Saka initially believed um, that they were going to be able to crush the Macedonians as they tried to cross the river, and then Alexander pulls out a brilliant move of the art- artillery, and then th- they fall apart, and their leader is killed, and mm-hmm. they fall apart. Um, because they don't have the belief anymore, and that's what battles like this are all about. Ancient history, especially, um, battles are all about confidence and belief and morale. And if you don't have it, then you're going to lose, regardless of whether or not your force is technically better trained or technically more well trained, or, um, you know, or anything, uh, you know, has better equipment or better more is, you know well more well fed or has had been able to get better rest or whatever if you don't have morale and confidence then it almost doesn't matter what the other force is able to do even if you have the greater number you will probably lose or at least you will lose a significant portion of your army even if you do win um you know when we when we talk about the romans uh and we specifically julius caesar again i like to compare alexander and caesar because they are both two of the greatest military minds of the ancient world uh when we talk about the romans we'll talk about this this idea again of you know if you have a great commander who you believe in and who your and who the soldiers believe in you can pretty much win any battle um i'll talk about this cuz this happens a lot um, says so he's, especially at Alicia. Um, if you, uh, if, if any of you have ever heard of the, the battle of Alicia, then, uh, I, I can't wait to, can't wait to cover that on this podcast. That's one of my favorite, uh, military battles of all time just because of what happens there. Um, I won't get into spoilers for that episode, but, uh, it's, it's one of the most epic battles of ancient history, uh, in my, in my personal opinion. Um, anyway, that has been this week's episode on the Battle of the Jaxartes Jex- River and everything that happened leading up to it, um, and again, this sort of led, uh, Alexander to now be fully in control of the Achaemenid Empire and the undisputed king of Persia, um, Anyway, so that's this week's episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Once again, apologies for not getting an episode out last week, but we are back to our regular schedule, so we should have episodes available um, every Sunday from now uh, from now on. And um, season one season one is on Alexander the Great, uh, so uh, it will cover his Persian campaign and the rest of his his military campaign, uh, and also then possibly even a few more sort of. Um, miscellaneous episodes including sort of some uh funny historical anecdotes about him that uh, aren't covered in aren't covered in military history necessarily and then after that uh as i said if you follow at navigating history on instagram there will be some polls uh there will be a poll there where you uh you guys can vote on um which uh topic you want me to do for season two um, and then I'll do whatever topic gets the most votes, uh, basically the poll will be up for 24 hours, and whoever, whoever gets the most votes after 24 hours, that's, that, that's who wins, um, but again, if you, if you're listening to this for the first time, or if this is the first episode, uh, you've listened to, so thank you very much for watching, if you're watching on YouTube, or listening, if you're listening on any of the audio platforms, um, follow at Navigating History on Instagram, at Navigating underscore History on TikTok, and, um, again uh that's where we post any content updates or any polls or any uh Q&A questions so that it might be coming out in the future as well. Uh we're working on a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes here so uh like I said th- I, this is you know my first time ever doing stuff like this. So we're we're sort of getting uh, everything uh up to speed. Uh but uh, thank you again very much for watching and listening to this episode. Um again follow the uh follow on Instagram and on uh, TikTok as well, and uh, bye for now.